Hey, everybody. Welcome into Eminem and M across the board. Ashley, Sean, Eric, what an NFL weekend. That will obviously be the, the big topic of discussion, but we are fresh off the MLB Hall of Fame vote. Very controversial. We've got some other fun stuff going on, and we have a special guest who has a really cool hobby that we're going to get into. We'll share it, and he's also going to join us for our NFL picks. But let's start with the NFL, guys. I know we're all prisoner of the moment when it comes to sports, but I can't remember in my lifetime a weekend of NFL football that was as good as this one. You had four games that literally ended at the gun or in overtime. Yeah, I I, I was thinking late Saturday afternoon, has there ever been a divisional weekend where the four road teams won? Mm-hmm. I don't remember any, um, but the fact that they all came down to the final play is just staggering. I hate to be a negative guy, but I wake up Wednesday or Monday morning. I don't like focusing on the negative. I'm Mr. Pa. Find your positive in life. Mm-hmm. But if I'm an NFL owner and I had Todd Bowles and Leslie Frazier lined up for interviews, I'm canceling those <laughs> yeah. on Monday because because that was you you, you got to cover Cooper Cup. Sorry Speak about prisoner of the moment. Good God. Yeah. But I heard a great interview with Bill Polian on NFL uh, radio Monday morning, and he was talking about the bills. We'll get into the overtime rules in a few minutes. Should they be changed or whatever? I mean, you're getting into, you know, as everybody gets a participation show, yeah. you can do, but he had a great point about the bills. You allowed them to go 40 something yards in 13, 13 seconds, seconds, essentially two plays. And they weren't, he said, you got it. You got to jam Tyree Kill and Travis Kelsey. Those are the two guys. Not only didn't they jam them, they let them run 20, 25 yards down yeah. the field. Ridiculous. Um, he even said, and this is I never even thought of. He said, if he was the coach, he would have told his corners, if you can't jam them, tackle them. Mm. What's the worst that happens? You get a five-yard holding penalty before the ball is thrown, but they don't put time back on the clock. Right. Very you do good. it twice. They got to throw a 65-yard Hail Mary just to, to win the game. So that's it. The other shot, big shout I want to give one. I'm no longer calling Matt Stafford Jeff George. Oh, that's it. nice of you. Isn't it? I talked to him. He's able to hear that too. He should be happy to hear that. Good. Because trust me, early fourth quarter, uh, the Jeff George was coming back out. I was getting the memes ready for Twitter. But also the 49ers to go on the road, tough spot, didn't score an offensive touchdown. They won the game, special teams. You got to play all three facets. I don't know who this Packers special team coach is. He's not going to have a job anymore. Not going to have a job. I'm not he sure. He wasn't going to have a job before that game, but he's definitely not going to have a job. Now. <laughs> no, no, he had a bad year. Um, those are the observations. You know what? In Cincinnati, almost made me feel better about the Raiders loss. Watch. I I really like Joe Burrow. If if you t- gave me a quarterback, said you want to start a franchise with, I would yeah. take him over Herbert uh, for sure. Uh, maybe even Mahomes because. I take it, all of those guys. Well, with with Mahomes, you get his wife and his brother and their TikToks, and that's just nauseating for an old guy like me, and I can't deal with it. <laughs> well, that, if you're so. not on TikTok, it shouldn't nauseate you. No, but they post all that crap on Twitter and then whine about the negative uh, publicity they get. Well, I want to. No, Mr. Positive is like also Mr. Get Off My Lawn. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I'm a man of many moods. <laughs> I I want to start with my beloved kickers. Did they come through this oh, weekend? Oh, baby, or what? this was your week, Eric. How about Evan McPherson? Who is this kid? Okay. He, he's got ice in his veins. He, he said right before Burrow is they're heading out, we're going to win the AFC Championship game. Get excited to go. It's like, oh, my God. And he makes four of them, two over 50, the winner. Uh, the thing that stood out, Ashley, that perfectly describes this weekend 
KC allows four TD receptions by one player and they win. Yep. Bengals allowed nine sacks, 11 hurries, and they win. San Fran doesn't even score an offensive touchdown in Green Bay in the playoffs, and they win. Yep. And the Rams lost four fumbles, and they win. So to all of you who live with us in the state of New York, go ahead and play the new sports online gambling with the NFL. I will pass. Thank <laughs> you very much. Yeah, good luck. Listen, I was – one for four on my predictions because I went Titans Packers. Obviously those didn't work out Rams bills. Listen, no, everyone's going to look stupid. All those games were so good. It could have gone either way. Um, but uh, I, I felt stupid at the time. Just like, man, these games are not playing out exactly how I thought they would. Derrick Henry was back, but it, and I said, if he carried the ball 20 times, I thought he would have been a factor. He carried the ball 20 times, exactly, and he wasn't a much of a factor. He scored a touchdown, but he didn't look like his typical self. Um, Tannehill was, I mean, some of the, one of those picks wasn't on him, but some of that was just, you talk about some of the best quarterback play we've ever seen when it came to Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes. He's some of the worst quarterback packing we've ever seen at points uh, against the Bengals the other day. Joe Burrow's the real deal. I think we've known that, you know, since his LSU days, and and he proved it. You and forget this guy; he's coming back off of a torn ACL doing all this stuff, yeah, which is pretty right. unbelievable. Um, so yeah, there were some incredible performances. The Bills game. Listen, at the end of the day, can you not just blame it on like, okay, the defense is gassed; they've been out on the field right. for whatever. At some point, and I agree, the coverage was bad. You're playing too many coordinators and coaches will play soft coverage in those situations. You're already giving them 20 yards and all they have to do is pick up 44 yards. Um, so I didn't like the the coverages and the play calling on the defensive side of the ball, but at some point you're just going to wear them down. And I feel like that was what happened. That game totally had the feeling of whoever got the ball first was going to win the game. It didn't matter who it was. Yeah, I thought uh, I was watching the game at home. I was, uh, they're getting ready for the coin flip. I said to my wife, whoever wins this coin flip is going to win this game. Mm -hmm. The defense had nothing left. Now, talk about the overtime rules, okay? I get it. You know, people want what's fair. Both teams should possess the ball. Well, what point does that end? Mm -hmm. Okay. If you're going to do that, bring in the college system where they started the 25 no. 40. But, again, people oh. hate the college system. Jeez, so you hit no. the college system. You know, well, they hate it when their system. team loses, of course. Yes. Of course. So, so what are you going to do? You know what my answer is? Make a stop. I know they're tired. Everyone's yeah. tired. Make a stop. The Bills should have won that game. You take the lead with 13 seconds left. Right. Yeah, squip the squip the kickoff. Make the well, – I was thinking kick it deep until I saw Tyreek Hill was not back there. Okay, now I'd squib it. And Elite, what's he going to do? The best he's going to do is catch the ball and take a knee. Take one or two seconds off, but he's going to get it deep in his own territory, deeper than the 25. Because you can't fair catch it. So the Bills, don't blame the overtime rules for the Buffalo not playing this week. Blame their coaching. Yeah. Mostly Leslie Frazier, the defensive coordinator. They blew it. you got to win that game. Yeah. Josh right. Allen, I feel bad for Josh Allen. I mean, yeah. my I've God, has the guy ever played that well in a loss in a playoff game? I have heard this stuff right. since 2018 when Brady, they won the toss and they beat KC. Yeah. In OT, I've worked in college sports, as you guys know. And when the OT came out, it was, we'll take the field goal. It was like innings. Mm -hmm. All right, bottom of the inning. Okay, we'll take the field goal. It turned 13 to 10 games into 64-60 games. It was ridiculous. If you're going to do anything with this, then you've got to do, 
if you're going to do innings, then you have to force them to do TDs. Or I do like the rule that if the, there's an interception, the game's over. But play by the rules. I agree with that. I, and hats off to Kansas City because no team has ever hosted four straight AFC yeah. championship games. In this parity, in this league, that is remarkable. And that's after everyone, listen, when they were four and four, people, we were all acting like the world was melting and like something had happened to this team that was, it was catastrophic and that they were never going to be the same team that they were. And oh, by the way, now they're probably the favorite to win the Super Bowl at this point. We um, call that wishful thinking in my world. What's that? We call that wishful thinking. Yeah. That they were done yeah. That's world. what happens. No, I know. Um, if I'm... I don't, I get, I get the reaction. It's, it's immediate reaction because it was the type of game that you don't want anyone to lose. It was like, if both of those teams could win, let's put them in the AFC championship game. Heck let's make it. I saw stuff about, let's make it a best of three series. Let's put, just put those two in the Super Bowl and let's watch this again over and over and over. And I think most fans, aside from the fans of the teams that are also left would probably get on board for that. If you're going to do anything to change the overtime rules, which they have changed them, they force you to score a touchdown to win as opposed to a field goal. So they've they've changed them a little bit. If you're going to do anything, you play a quarter. You play a full quarter or you play a 10-minute quarter and you force you play out the whole 10 minutes. There's no first score wins. I can't imagine a scenario where the players association and the owners are going to agree to that. But maybe it's just a a playoff rule. Maybe when you get yeah. to the playoffs and you get to overtime, you play out a 10-minute quarter even. Yeah, as you started bringing that up, I was going to add, if you do it for playoffs, I think everybody will probably be on board. I yeah. get why you don't do it in the regular season. You don't yep. wear everybody out. The team, I want to give a shout-out, definitely, I'll go back to the Rams. They, up 27-3, they did everything humanly possible to give that game away. Yeah, poor Starting Cam. with the Cam Akers fumble right before <laughs> halftime. It was 23. I mean, they they tried everything possible. And, you know, when, the, when Tampa tied the game late, you're like, this game's over. You know, Tom Brady's not going to lose this game. And and, and then they did. So you got to give the Rams credit. They got, they played great. They almost coughed it up, but they rallied. And I mean, that's a talented group there. Um, it's interesting also, there was uh, projections that uh, the Ram at SoFi this week would be 50-50 split between the Rams and the 49ers. The, you know, the L.A. market is not a Rams or Chargers. The Chargers have seven fans, and I think the Rams have about 50. Um, so it'll be interesting. But the Rams have now put in – they're not selling tickets in certain zip codes. It's It should be illegal, first of all. <laughs> I ignore, But what, what's worse? Do you have a, a, a 50-50 crowd or you have a possibility of a bunch of empty seats? Yeah. I mean, I mean, people could buy the tickets and sell them off on stuff. Right. The 49er fans will get in, but uh, – I think it's kind of sad you're hosting the NFC title game and you got to limit ticket sales to opposing fans. Yeah, but well, it, the idea that you you are like when you're cashing out and you type in a zip code one two zero two zero and it's like eh, you live too close to the Bay Area, you can't buy tickets. Well, what are you stupid? Just take the money. <laughs> take the money and shut up. They're going to buy concessions. They're going to buy beer. They're going to drink. Yeah, exactly. Just take the money. That's ridiculous. Well, John, and I know they're not the first team to do it, but. If there's 30 Ram tickets, well, then all 30 can get the 30 available to the public Super Bowl tickets because the 75,970 right. others will go to other teams, to corporate sponsors, et cetera, yeah. which I'm I'm only happy about the Bills not making the Super Bowl because of all of those wonderful fans that would never get to get a ticket to buy an opportunity to go to that. But I, I want to touch last thing for me in the NFL is uh, the cheese is very blue, shall we say now, in Green Bay, okay? <laughs> My Wisconsin friend, after I picked him up off the floor, wiped off his face of tears. 
He's had it with Rodgers, 7-9 in the playoffs since the one bowl. 1-3 and three is the top seed, okay? 0-4 oh against the Niners. And that's the worst of any QB against a team in the Super Bowl era. Isn't that amazing? So here you are at Lambeau. You've got a playoff game, the top seed. You get rest for the bye. It's cold in January, and you lose to a team that scored 13 points. Nothing against the Niners, seriously, but its I think it's time, and he told me this, it's time to share the love and move on. They've had enough. Well, the hard part about Rodgers, he's now 5-4 and four at home in the playoffs, and before Michael Vick came in and beat them in the early 2000s, they were they were unbeaten in Lambeau Field in the playoffs. Um, yeah, they went down in their first drive and got a touchdown. And that's it. That's it. First quarter. Yeah, we saw, I thought, ooh, this is on. <laughs> it was the other minus part. nine yards at the end of the first, right? Minus nine total offense for the Niners. If you went to bed, you thought it would be like 30 to nothing final. For for me, Sunday at 8 o'clock, 8.30, or even right before the Chiefs got the ball the last time, I was like, my God, what a great football weekend. Rodgers, I'm tired of him. I'm tired of what he's brought outside of football lately. Um, that's his own business, but I'm tired he's portraying himself as a victim. You're going to have opinions. Actions have consequences, okay? He's entitled to it, but I was like, "My God, Rogers could be out of here." Uh, hopefully, that old fossil in Tampa, his career is finally over. Uh, <laughs> sorry, Eric. Talk about wishful thinking. Yeah, I know. Retired. And then possibly they're all going to be playing the next year. Mahomes might be getting. I'm like, my God, this this could be the greatest football weekend ever. And then no. Leslie Frazier didn't cover anybody. So no. Yeah, listen, Aaron Rodgers will, in all likelihood, win league MVP and probably deserves yeah. to. Yeah, he but- does. I have the offense wasn't good. And I know, listen, my husband's a big Packers fan. He's like, you can't blame it all on special teams. Okay, fair. But Jimmy G throws a pick just before the end zone at the end of the first half. Rodgers marches them all the way down the field. They should have at the very least had a field goal. Mm -hmm. And if they scored a touchdown in that play, that game is totally different. Not only that, but then the field goal gets blocked. So now you're changing momentum of games. Like, I understand, like, special teams doesn't control at all. But should have been a 10 nothing game. Could have even been a 14 nothing game. And now we're talking about a different game. And then special teams gives up seven points. So right. you're talking about a 10-point sw- swing just because of special teams. So I get it's not all special teams' fault, but 10 points is a lot of points to leave or take off the table if you're the Green Bay Packers. Every, every point matters. And yeah. it's hard to criticize Mike Vrabel because he's probably he's one of the best coaches in football. They score a touchdown on their first touchdown of the game, and the Bengals get a penalty. And instead of kicking and taking his extra point, he goes for two. A two, again. Again. We, we talked about this for a month. When are they going to listen to us? <laughs> Somebody get Vrabel on the line. I mean, please take your extra point. Get your point. Every point matters. Yeah, listen, if no. that team had a lot of other quarterbacks, I would say, like, if that team had half the other quarterbacks in the NFL, I think they'd be better. That's why I didn't think they'd go to the Super Bowl, because you look at the AFC quarterbacks in the playoffs this year, I would have ran out of the seven. I would have put Tannehill six, and only because Ben Roethlisberger is, right. you know, he's a year or two, two past yeah. it. So, he, you know, throwing the ball is not, not pretty. But Tannehill is Ryan Tannehill. He is who he is. Yeah, no doubt. You know, to Sean Payton. Did not see that coming. Um, I think He's he'll be retiring. back after he takes a year. Um, I really hope he does come back. But hats off to Sean Payton because, like Drew Brees, what they did to that city when that city needed it most. Oh, yeah. 
absolute. I mean, the Saints, the Aints, as they were called. He made them relevant. One, they were one of the most uh, irrelevant, horrible franchises in all of sports. And it mm -hmm. was Peyton, along with Breeze, that turned that city around. So tremendous 15-year run. Hey, uh, before we uh, before we get into this weekend and our picks, I want to bring in our guest. Who's going to make us all look dumb. Yeah, right. Welcome, Joe Maniello. Hey, guys. Uh, Joe is the... Uh, uh, works down at Newsday on the on the copy desk. He's their NFL picks guy. Uh, we're going to talk to him a little bit, get some observations from him, and we'll show uh, some of the graphics that he does. It's, um, they do a great job there. And after we get in the NFL, we're going to talk about Joe's little hobby. But, but Joe, welcome to Eminem uh, and M across the board. Thanks for having me on. Nice debate while I was in the uh, waiting room. I agree with most, <laughs> I agree with most of it. Joe, I was <laughs> one for four on my picks last weekend. What were you? I actually went three for four. I'm actually oh, having, see, we, we must have picked the, the opposite teams. <laughs> I'm actually having a good postseason for once. Usually I overthink it. I'm seven and three, and I'm in a great spot here because like, I, most of my picks are usually wrong, so I'm going to brag a little bit. Before the year, I picked Rams over Kansas City in the Super Bowl. Okay. And before the postseason, like, I'm constantly thinking about these picks. And, you know, the last month going into it, I was almost confident I was going to go Green Bay over Kansas City. But something about the way the Niners won that game in Week 18, I just fell in love with it. I, I love the underdog story. Rudy is one of my favorite movies. I just love. I, I just fell in love with that team. A friend of mine said they reminded him of the uh, 2011 Giants, and uh, I, I totally agree with that comp. So I just went with the Niners and uh, the Packers. To me, I mean, they were eight and zero at home, but didn't really beat anyone. And mm -hmm. they've shown a you know Rodgers, like you said, 0 four against 0 three against the Niners before last week. They always seem to lose those games. So. It just seems so obvious, you know, Chiefs, Packers, and the NFL does not do obvious. So I just said, I'm going to take a chance. So I picked I picked Chiefs over Niners. So this week I feel I'm in a good spot. I, I, I don't I don't see the Chiefs losing at all. I mean, I'd be shocked if the Chiefs yeah. lost the game. Yeah. But I think they're guaranteed to get the Super Bowl, famous last words. But um, the Niners and Rams, to me, it's a toss-up. I think that's going to be a great game. Either way, you're in a good spot. Chiefs, Rams, preseason, Chiefs, Niners, postseason, you know. Just hopefully uh, Joe Burrow doesn't follow you guys and watch this. Yeah, right. <laughs> Yeah, Joe, I want to I want to show the graphic uh, that that you do for Newsday. It's, it's I, I love the page. Uh, it's your NFL picks page uh, from last week. Great color, vibrant. It's really attention. Yeah, the layout guy, um, Rich Scaringi, he does a great job at the layout. So I can't yeah. take that. I just take credit for all those uh, all those words. <laughs> uh, <yeah. laughs> um, so while 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 we're on that, while we're on this week, what uh, what are you thinking this week? Uh, who, who who do your readers expect to see? Uh, Kansas City, what do you think on, on the NFC game? I mean, Kansas City, I mean, watching that game, like, like you guys said, it's one of the best games yeah. of all time. I mean, it's a great, great game. But uh, how could you not watch that game and say to yourself, Kansas City's not going to go to the Super Bowl? I mean, how, <laughs> yeah. how are they not going to win if they won that game? And to me, you know, I'm a big believer in the letdown factor during the year. You know, if a team beats a rival and then plays like the Lions next week or Sean's Raiders, you know, I can see them not being up for that game. But, oh, sorry. But um, – <laughs> But how can you not be up for the AFC Championship game at home? You know, you know the Chiefs lost last year; they got embarrassed in the Super Bowl, and I, I can't see them losing this game. I'm not yeah, disrespecting the Bengals. I think the Bengals will play well. Mm -hmm. but I don't see it being a, you know, I don't see it being a three-point game with two minutes left. Yeah, I, I, I think Kansas. I think that's going to be will be close into the third period, and the Chiefs will kind of pull away, maybe win it by ten or so. I, I think the other thing going for the Chiefs, there's no letdown. They went to Cincinnati near the end of the year and got beat. I was uh, that when the Bengals clinched the division, so they're they're not overlooking anybody. They've oh, seen right. the Bengals recently, and they know how good they are. And 
in the NFC, I'm only going on one stat. It's very hard to beat a team three times in one year in the NFL. San Francisco has had LA's number since Kyle Shanahan's been there. I think the Rams get there and get to the Super Bowl. Just real, just to piggyback on that, I totally agree with the point about the Bengals. To me, that was the worst thing they could have done was beat the Chiefs in Week 17. <laughs> they had the tape. Well, the tape is there. I mean, they they Turned see what they did around. wrong. That that play, Jamar Chase caught like a 12 yard slant and went to the house in 10 seconds. Yeah. They're gonna they're gonna fix that. I mean, the Bengals. I'd, I'd be shocked if the Bengals won this game. I think it'll be close. You know, as, as you know, I. But they'll pull away. I right did pick over. the Bengals. Uh, I had I've been on the Bengals train. The Bengals. I really. I really believed in the Bengals, but I think they're running into a buzzsaw right now. And I think the key yeah. is going to – it could be an offensive shootout. But it's going to come down, I think, to Chase. And and when you've got Chararius Ward in the, in the secondary, he is going to cut, make a big impact on him and keep Chase covered. We haven't seen a lot of good coverage lately. The only coverage are blankets in the bed, but not in secondary. So I have to – I I agree with – as I think KC is in a role and they are on a mission and they're going to be extremely tough to beat. And I like the Rams now as Stafford is getting comfortable and the toys that they picked up, the big mm-hmm. toys that they picked up are making the difference. So I Especially can say on defense. And Rams. I mean, they're no joke on defense. That's the other thing. Like their offense can put up 30 points and they can do a great job on defense as well. Uh, yeah, I, I'm going to go. Certainly, I'm not I'm not going to be dumb enough to not pick the Chiefs. Listen, if if the Bengals win, it's going to be one of those like, who are you that picked the Bengals? Realistically, unless you're a Bengals fan, who's picking the Bengals? Mm-hmm. But we've said that all season long, basically. Like, who's picking the Bengals? Okay, they just keep winning. I wouldn't be stunned if it happens because so much has happened in this NFL season, regular season, and postseason that I've been sort of surprised by. Um, But, yeah, I'm going to pick the Chiefs, and I'm going to go Rams, too. I just think they're super hot. I I like watching the Niners. Sometimes it's a struggle, but I love watching Debo Samuel. (laughs) I don't love Jimmy G. I don't think – he's almost, to me, a little bit like Tannehill in that I think if they had a more – dynamic quarterback they could do more but they have weapons on both sides of the ball that i i really enjoy watching i just think the rams are clicking at the right time as are the chiefs and you they always say playing your best football in the postseason those are the two teams i'm going to go with all right so we all we all agree on the chiefs and you all three took the rams i'm going to go with the niners here all right picking with my pick before the playoffs started they own own the, the rams they won six <laughs> in a row i think uh shanahan and mcveigh are two of the best coaches so yeah Think that's a great rivalry but i like the niners here to me all of the pressure is on the rams mm-hmm. if they yeah. win if they win they get the home game at the super bowl yeah as one of my followers on twitter said um how crazy would it be if that's the super bowl kansas city rams kansas city will have to play back-to-back super bowls at their opponent's home stadium, stadium. that's amazing <laughs> right it's incredible and i think the niners are actually the better team all around I, and jimmy g i think he gets a bad rap i mean he's not a top 10 quarterback by any you know definition sure. But, you know, he took them uh, – it wasn't him, but they went to the Super Bowl two years ago. He didn't play his greatest game. But uh, they have so many weapons. You mentioned Debo Samuel, yep. George Kittle, yep. the running game. And, I, you know, they had their number. I agree with Sean. I, I, I mention that a lot sometimes. You know, it's hard to beat a team three times in a season. But I think the 49ers have something special here, and I think it's going to be a close game. And I wouldn't be shocked if it went to overtime again. Well, but, look, the Niners, this Niners team was two – Two years removed from having the Chiefs on the ropes in the fourth quarter of the Super Bowl. They had that game won. Yep, yeah, they did. Yeah. I still did. say Nick Bosa. I still say Nick Bosa was held on that forty-four <laughs> yard completion to Tyreek Tyree Hill, and they didn't call. It was one of the. I couldn't believe they didn't call it. And yes, I had the Niners in that game. So it's very good. Still, still stings. <laughs> so, so Joe, you you also have a hobby, okay? I wanted to give you. A, you can give out your your Twitter handle if you want. 
Joe, you run your brackets. You've, you've been doing brackets. I'll, I'll explain the origin of it. It's something I look forward to every single night. Thank you. Mostly 9 o'clock if you're working. I know it might be a little later. You drop your brackets. I'm usually the guy that puts in the Caddyshack meme. If it's 9.01 from Judge Smales, it's, well, we're waiting. Let's go. <laughs> so currently right now you have uh, SNL uh, actors and actresses in there. Uh, my, my final four is almost well, three of my final fours uh, still alive. John Belushi, Phil Hartman, and uh, um, uh, I can't remember. Dana Carvey beat Gilda Rad. Oh, Chris Farley. Um, tell us about the origin, how you got this started. It is, if you had asked me one favorite thing about Twitter, this is it. I love well, it. Can I get that in writing, please? Can you tweet that later? <laughs> sure, I'll tweet it. I appreciate that. Um, well, I've, you know, I've run the March Madness pool for years, so I've always loved March Madness. And I, ironically, I kind of not into it anymore because I'm more into the, the Twitter brackets than the actual college hoops. But I'm, I'm not a big college hoops guy. But uh, a couple years ago, a friend of mine, Mike Gavin, and I, uh, big Seinfeld and Curb fans, and we, we liked the idea of just putting up like all the Seinfeld characters on one side and all the Kirby enthusiasm characters. And we did a bracket form on Twitter. And that was in 2019. And it went well. You had a couple, three, three, four hundred votes. People were into it. And then I didn't do one again until um, March of 2020. Uh, we did Billy Joel, Billy Joel songs. Mm. And, uh, you know, being working at Newsday on Long Island, <laughs> he's huge on Long Island. Billy Joel is Long Island. So well, that Piano Man won them, right? Yeah, Piano Man was the most very predictable. Beat, uh, I was still, I'm still upset about it. It beat uh, Scenes from Italian Restaurant. I wanted that to win. Nah. But, I um, had that one right. I've had a few right. Yeah. Not but all, the, thing, but the thing is, though, like, it happened at the perfect time because uh, I was doing it anyway. I, I figured, let's do it around March Madness. It's fun. You know, we do a, a non-sports one so people mm. who aren't into college hoops can get into it. But then sports ended. The pandemic happened right like the day before I had planned. So literally, it was like the only game in town. People were so into it. It got like you know, the final head, I think, uh, over 2,000 votes. And then uh, a few months later, I was thinking about doing the Beatles one, and I wasn't sure. And uh, I put a poll out there, and people were saying, do it, do it. And that one that one got a lot of play. It got uh, finished with over um, 100,000 votes between the whole between wow. all the polls. And from uh, yeah, the there, I just, I just started doing um, – we did Tom Hanks movies. We did uh, favorite wrestlers. We did Super Bowls, home runs. It's mostly music and like movies and TV because I feel like sports. Not everyone is as passionate about every sport, whereas people, everyone has an opinion about. Oh, my favorite movie or my favorite song. So like like the I did a lot of decade uh, '80s music, uh, '90s, '80s, '70s, '60s, and those were like some of the most popular because everyone. Oh, I like that song more. I like this song more. So people are really really passionate. I thought I was opinionated, but. You should see some of the people uh, on, my, on my Twitter. It's, it's wild. <laughs> Joe, I just want to show show the the viewers a, a few others, especially the ones I got right. Uh, the great movie posters. Yeah, Jaws. Oh wow! I mean, I don't, I don't I do the, the design. My friend, my friend name does it. He does. He's a great Photoshop uh, designer. He does it for me. So I'm I'm not good with computers. Scary movies, obviously the big one on that one, right? Yeah, Jaws. But this is just on the poster. This this was yep, like one just of those poster, yep. I tell people like, please just vote on the poster. Like, don't yeah. vote on the movie. But <laughs> right. I think they got it right. I mean, Jaws is Helen's of Lamps. And sports, the imagine if Twitter was around bracket. Yeah, Eric, uh, you probably like this one. This is this is this to me. I always had like a reason I do the brackets. I love to debate. I love to like I'm a big what if guy, hypotheticals. Yeah. I love, to, I love to rank things. My my brain is just wired for like, you know, ranking things and listing things. So I always had this idea, like, could you like what would be the biggest stories if Twitter was around? So Twitter, I think, debuted in like 06 or 07, I think right right before the Tyree catch or right around there. So that was like the cutoff point. Mm. So like, you know, right away you think of the one thing that we uh, didn't include was the um I had people help me sometimes. So one thing we didn't include was the OJ car chase, because that would have won. Mm -hmm. Would have ran away with it, you know, pun intended. But we have like um, you know, 
the, the winner was Miracle on Ice, which is obviously a worthy winner. But to me, I, when I think of Twitter, like you know, when I think of things that blow up on Twitter, I think of negative things. So to me, Malice in the Palace should have won this bracket. Yeah. I mean, could you imagine being at Twitter on a Friday night? I was in the office back in, what was it, 04, I think, or 06. I, I remember sitting there saying, what? <laughs> Ron Artest just hit somebody in the stands? I mean, yeah. Twitter would have Twitter would have broken. I mean, it would have, like, shut down. So. Or Tyson, Tyson. I was going to say, I don't know the Holyfield ear thing. I was just going to say that too. That was that, that was the, that was another one that went to the final four. I think. Yeah, that's a that that's was a shocker. Too. Something that's like a little more of like a wow factor. Yeah, oh, exactly. you know how that takes off. Exactly. If uh, Schilling, by the way, uh, if you have uh, anything from Schilling, he said he doesn't want to be the winner. By the way. <laughs> Uh, the greatest out. home runs in baseball history as well was a fun bracket. I don't know um, if Schilling, Schilling gave up any of these home runs here. But the, actually, he probably did. It. Oh, I'm sure. <laughs> Where was uh, the fifth game six homer? Because I was there for that game. Oh, that that, uh, that went to the Elite Eight. Oh, no, it went to the Final Four and lost to uh, Mazeroski's uh, walk-off. Mm-hmm. That makes sense, yes. But Hank Aaron, Hank Aaron won. To me, like obviously, that was a super important one and a worthy winner. But I would have went with Mazeroski. Only because it won won the World Series. Oh, and also I think my personal winner, not you know, just my opinion. I thought the um, Kirk Gibson, the, the the drama surrounding him, you know, one at bat, could barely walk, and he hits a home run off of Eckersley. To me, that is my opinion for the greatest home run. But that that lost in the Final Four. Well, the Mazeroski one, not just for the Pirates, but but knocking off a dynasty. I mean, Casey Stengel yeah. fired out of that. I think that's a great selection. But you got to go with number forty four. The um and, and Joe, you have one coming up. I, I can't wait for it. The greatest sports photos. Yeah, yeah Mazeroski is actually part of that. Um, is he? I'm working with a guy who's a photo editor uh, at a different publication, and he's into the brackets. And we were looking, you know, we do a lot of play-ins before we decide on the. Uh, sometimes I do 32 entries depending on the field. This one is obviously a 64. There's mm-hmm. just so many fo- great photos. But Mazeroski is going to be a part of it. Uh, there's, a, there's like different shots. There's like the home run. There's him jumping at second base. There's him. Going uh, rounding home. There's also another great shot. Um, someone had told me there's a SI top 100 list, so I googled it. There's a great shot of like Pirates fans from a, I guess the neighboring college. You can Google it when we when, we, when we're finished. And oh, like, up top. Yeah, you've seen that photo. They're like it's about yes. 15. Uh, I got like goosebumps thinking about it. it's just an amazing shot. They're looking down from the, they're so far away from the field, but you can see the field and then there's like 10 of them cheering. It's a great shot. Yeah. Forbes Field was bought by the University of Pittsburgh and their yeah. campus expanded. And that photo is amazing. You've got to see it where the kids are way up high and they, they see the stadium down there. Yeah, so it's going to be a fun one. There's so many great ones. Uh, the, the four one seeds are um, Ali Liston, which I think if it loses, I'd be surprised. I almost left it out. I call it the um, the teen spirit rule. Like when we did 90s bracket, we left out <laughs> smells like teen spirit Nirvana because it, it, it would have won. So um, Ali Liston uh, is a one seed. Uh, the Brandy Chastain. I was going to say that's, that's going to be tough seat. if you get a younger crowd of people yeah. voting, like people my age. That's yeah, a... So that's a great one. And then we yeah. have um, the Bobby Orr, the flying Bobby Orr shot. Yeah. Yeah. That, that was my nominee. I like that. Yeah, you, and, you and a few others mentioned that one. I was, uh, originally, I didn't have that as a one, so that was a great Miracle one. on Ice, too, the celebration that's a, in front that's of the a, net. That's a, that's a two-seat in the Bobby Orr region, so we'll see if they can beat each Ooh. other. And then um, the other number one is the Secretariat shot. When he has a huge lead in 1973 Belmont, when the horses are like on the uh, LIE, he came. Lines <laughs> apart. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Hey, so. Joe, Joe, I want to give a shout out to to your uh, the swag you got. I got my I got my bracket mug. Thank you, thank you. <laughs> I'm wearing my bracket. From, uh, DC4L. Thank you. Uh, DC4L.com. I think it I appreciate, is. I appreciate you buying one. Thank you. 
Damn, got no the problem. sweatshirt. I'm, cool. None, none, of the, none of the proceeds go to me. The guy, I, he does it for me. And uh, it just flatters my ego that Sean and others would want to buy one. So I appreciate it. What What is your, hey, wh at what point do you get to do a bracket of your top 64 brackets? It's funny you mentioned that. So, so many people have mentioned that. And I've actually thought about it. But the, I, I'm not sure if I'm going to do it because not everyone following has followed all those. Yeah, but I think the way to do it is um, someone has uh, suggested instead of doing the brackets themselves, do the winners. Right, so the winner of each bracket. So to me, the, the moment, the picture, yeah. the yeah. So the best, the best first round matchup, the best first round matchup would be Rocky the movie, which won Planet Hollywood bracket. You know, Schwarzenegger, Stallone, Bruce Willis movies. Rocky the movie versus Rocky the character who won mm. sports, greatest sports athlete, uh, you know, heroes or whatever. So that'd be mm -hmm. fun. I might do it, maybe uh, down the road, but I'm not sure yet. You have any that's, idea? That's like many... picking picking from your own kids. Like, which kid is your favorite? That's tough. <laughs> I would guess the movie would win over over the yeah. character. I would think. Yeah. I, I know for brackets. Yeah, yeah, bracket. Go ahead, Sean. At the end, you always post how many votes. Do you have any idea how many votes have come through since you started this for for all of them combined? Any all of them combined? No, no. I know that the Beatles won. Um, a few a few famous Keith Olbermann got involved in the Beatles. He he loved it, and uh, the votes were like you know. A thousand without him, and then when he started retweeting them, like almost two, you know, double that, two thousand, three thousand. So the Beatles one is the record; it has over a hundred thousand. Mm -hmm. But on average, it depends on how many um, entries there are. Sixty-four, thirty-two. So you know, fewer polls when there's thirty-two. But the, the SNL one, for example, every poll is consistently getting a, about a thousand votes. So it's been wow. over sixty thousand. Pe yeah, people are into it. People are so passionate about. Yeah. Uh, and also, you know, well, the pandemic has a lot to do with it because more, more people are home. Yeah. And they're looking for a distraction. I can't tell you how many people have told me it's such a great distraction from all the craziness in the real world. So it means a lot. I can't wait to start voting. Do a, a podcast based in upstate New York of uh, the best podcast by sports with two media members and an old PR guy. Can you let us know and we'll start yeah, adding we'll be votes. all over that. You guys, you guys are going to get the teen spirit rule. You're not going to be included. What about <laughs> you? You also kind of have a Star Wars rule, right? Well, we did '80s movies, and um, the thing is, like to me, it's it's a fun thing, and like some more people think a lot more work goes into it than it does. Like I don't think it's it's my, like I said, my brain's wired for it, so to me, it just yeah. I can just do it. So, but there is work that goes into it. You know, sometimes we do it like we held a draft, so like a, like a fancy football draft where people pick it, and so I don't have to hear everyone say, "Hey, how could you make that a the four seed?" Blame, blame that guy; he picked it in the fourth round. Right. But it's, if there's a if there's a guaranteed winner, I'll leave it out because. What's the point of doing all that work and then having, the, you know, so like Smells Like Teen Spirit, we did that with, and also um, Star Wars for the 80s movies. But when it's over, what I'll do is I'll take that entry and put it up against the final four and see okay. if it would have won, yeah. won, and it usually does. Yeah. Joe, That's how can people find you on Twitter to, to follow these brackets? They Again, they are must-see. I get my kids down, I get them bath, I get them in their pajamas, I give them to bed, I relax for a little bit, and I open up Twitter and I, I wait patiently. I appreciate that. I'm blushing. <laughs> uh, it's just my name. It's at Joe, J-O-E underscore Maniello, M-A-N-N-I-E-L-L-O. And uh, like Sean said, I usually do it around 9, 9.30 Eastern time. So I always feel like people are on Twitter at night, you know, people, yeah. like you said, put your kids to sleep or you're just sitting, out, sitting around trying to watch a show, but you can't stop looking at your phone. You know, <laughs> people, people are on Twitter. At nighttime, I feel like, you know, they love to vote and, you know, you get to give your opinion on everything. As people, Sean, they're all so passionate. Now, you have some people uh, that are a little too passionate, though. Oh, yeah. Too much. I don't, I don't <laughs> want to get into that. Okay. <laughs> Sean, you're not one of them? Oh, I get angry when my people no, lose. He's talking about people who are like, uh, oh, yeah, like, no. Make it into something it's not. And like, 
Yeah. It's, it's, it's fun. You got to keep it fun and keep it real. Was yeah, I got to have a little bit of fun, but don't get crazy. Was I upset the other night when Gilda Radner lost to Dana Carvey? Yeah, I was. But I got over it quickly because, you know, the church lady was pretty good on the SNL. So and it blew my final four. But uh, <laughs> but that's all good. So, hey, Joe, it's been great having you on the show. I really appreciate your thanks time. Thanks so much for having me on. Yeah, Welcome. thanks so much. Go Niners. Thank you, Joe. A lot of fun. <laughs> Go Niners. We'll, we'll talk to you next week when the Niners win and all of us look like Yeah, them. if they win, I'll be on at 12 o'clock. No waiting room this time. I'm coming right in. <laughs> all right. Sounds thanks, good. Guys. Nice meeting you. Thank you, Joe. Joe Maniello and his brackets. Joe underscore M-A-N-N-I-E-L-L-O on Twitter. You can find us at MMMATV1. Well, maybe we'll start. We'll start sharing some of Joe's stuff, getting it out there. I got to get that. Jen, and we're going to play the '80s uh, songs bracket. That'll be a okay. lot of fun. Good. All right. Yeah, it's so, a fun. Hey. It's a fun little thing. Yeah, he does usually one like the SNL. I think it looks like it's going to be a two-week run. Yeah, a it's a long one. That's what I was well, scrolling back. Some. I'm like, this is going on forever. Like well, he gets some, even uh, like the music ones from the different decades. Mm. He'll take four songs from one band and have a play in. Yeah. Um, and it is it is a lot, a lot of fun. So uh so it's a good thing. Joe wants to say something else. Joe wants to say something. Did I, did I say it a little too soon? Were you saying something? I'm sorry. Was I supposed to no, say no. Okay. No, no, no. We were just thanking you and okay. we were I was uh presenting your Twitter handle one more time so people oh, can you. find you. We're gonna start sharing your stuff. I appreciate it. Thanks, guys. Yeah, no All problem. Right, thank you. All right. All I was right. gonna say hey. he liked it so much he wanted to come back. Thanks. <laughs> Already. We were that hey, good. New year, new goals at Mohawk Honda. <laughs> Into new year with new goals and start your new year right behind the wheel of a new or pre-owned vehicle that fits your budget and your new year's resolutions. Stop into Mohawk Honda and check out our broad selection of pre-owned inventory. We're here to find the right make, model, and price point to fit your budget. Our goal is to help you meet your goals. Let Luis, the VIP Man Morales, Jake Hot Sauce Doyle, Cars with Kearns Favota, or Mark from Clifton Park Ellis Jr. connect you up with the perfect deal. And right now is the perfect time to get top dollar for your trade-in with the Kelly Blue Book Instant Cash Offer. Same day check in your hand the day you trade in your vehicle. Just ask for Brian, buy with BMAC McKenna, Mike Benice, Nicole Ozer, or Cam, let's do a deal McKenna. Again, all of our sales and leasing consultants will make your New Year's automotive goals their top priority. Start the new year right with just the right deal at Mohawk Honda in Glenville, where they always go out of their way to please, to please you. All right. Well, you want to have a number before we hit the Hall of Fame? Sure. Our Let's number of the month. We've had uh, a lot of fun with this, and uh, it's not the whiteboard, but here's the number. The number is 12. Pretty fitting, you would say, this week for the discussions, and both yeah. Sean and Ashley. We'll hear from them in a minute with their top three. So in a week when we have two famous 12s, not sure about their future, it's fitting that 12 is the number of our month. And we'll start with number three, Terry Bradshaw. Uh, Steelers drafted him in 70, and what an era began. Uh, it wasn't about the stats with him, not the numbers. It's just about the W, folks. Led the Steelers to four Super Bowl titles, MVP in 78, Super Bowl MVP twice, eight AFC Central titles, and a Hall of Famer in both pro and college, and his number 12 is retired in the Steel City. Number two to me is John Stockton of the mm -hmm. Utah Jazz. When you think of Stockton, you think like Simon and Garfunkel, Batman and Robin, Stockton and Malone. It's a package, buy one, get one free. One of the greatest tandems ever in the NBA. 
voted one of the 50 greatest players, led the Jazz to 19 straight playoffs. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Yeah, Started ridiculous. 1,300 games, NBA leader in assists nine straight years, and career leader probably forever in steals and assists, and, of course, a big member of the Dream Team in 92, possibly the best sports team ever assembled. Hall of Famer, number 12 retired in Salt Lake City. Number one, oh, stunning, shocking Tom Brady. <laughs> he was a sixth-round pick in 2000, saw one game that year, rookie year. He was fourth on the depth chart. Nice job scouting, everybody. And he told Robert Kraft, quote, you will be glad you drafted me. Right, kid. Well, he took over, of course, after Bledsoe was injured in 2001 early on a non-cheap hit. It was a good tackle. And he led the Pats to their first title. I was fortunate to see him play in Pittsburgh in the 01 AFC title game. We would never uh, need another whole show we'd need to talk about all the numbers. So we're not going to say that. We'll just find out his status this spring. Wish he'd gone out last year with a title. But suffice it to say, Mr. Kraft is pleased that he drafted Tom Brady. And the Hall of Fame awaits, as does his number 12 retirement in Foxborough. So, Ashley, the number 12 is on your lap. Yes, sir. Uh, ours are same with that. The fact that I reversed, I went Stockton three, Bradshaw two, Brady one. Uh, like you said, there's not, you can't say enough about all of those guys. Um, I think the thing that put Bradshaw above Stockton for me was winning titles. Uh, anytime you win a title for me, that's kind of what puts you over the top. Yeah. Um, outside, I picked my favorite baseball player. Roberto Alomar was just outside my top three. Loved watching that guy growing up. Just, you know, one of the greatest second basemen of my era. Uh, 12-time All-Star, 10-time Gold Glover. Loved watching him. But, yeah, I couldn't put him ahead of Stockton, Bradshaw, and uh, TB12. And that's the thing. Like, you see the number 12 now, and, like, it's so ingrained. He's made this freaking like he's made his number a like a he's made a whole company around tb12 i see the number 12 and that's all i think is tom brady for me i'm gonna list four because i think uh i think roger staubach deserves to have his name mentioned here so i definitely yeah. want to mention him yeah. um i'm gonna go three jim kelly he he gave buffalo fans something to cheer about mm -hmm. Post OJ system, but even his OJ's era, even that team never made the playoffs. I think once or twice, but never really a threat to go anywhere. Jim Kelly gave Bills fans hopes. I was living out there the summer when Jim Kelly finally signed. They had every news network at the airport showing him getting off the airplane. Uh, that's how big of a deal it was when Jim Kelly arrived in Buffalo, and four straight AFC title uh, uh, titles followed soon afterwards. Uh, number two, I'm going to put Bradshaw, same reason as you had. You have four Super Bowls. Uh, one of the greatest teams of all time. That Steelers group was a handful. So Bradshaw goes number two. Again, winning winning matters. Uh, number one for me, my favorite all-time athlete, number 12, Ken Stabler. Ken Stabler. Saw I'm that a later fan. Snake. <laughs> you know, I, I, I'm, I, Twitter friends or followers with, with members of his family, of, uh, you know, Snake Stabler and what he meant for Raider fans, even probably ones that, that weren't old enough to appreciate him and everything he did. Um, he's number one for me, easy. I'm glad he finally got in the Hall of Fame. He shouldn't have had to wait till he, till he passed away a few years ago. He deserved it before then, but he's there now. And that's, I guess, at the end of the day, all that matters. So Kenny Stabler, number one, the snake. Football strong. Picks. 
Great picks. I, I've got some other names that that also were. John's the only person on the planet that didn't put Tom Brady on his top four of nope. number twelve. Nope. Outside of Oakland or Vegas, yes. Nope. There, there's a few others that come to mind. Uh, other twelves in baseball. Great pick on Alomar. Bobby Abreu, great career, and Jeff Kent, who still doesn't get mm -hmm. the votes for the HOF, but has the numbers in many ways. Basketball, not so much. Not a number that you see a lot, other than Stockton. But Dwight Howard, great mm -hmm. career for him. And you've got Cunningham, you've got Greasy, but definitely Namath and Rogers are in the discussion if we went to a top 10. And as for hockey, uh, we've had enough of goalies, so there's no goalies with 12, but you've got Yvonne Cornwayer, who was a very underrated star with the Montreal Canadiens, Adam Oates, later played with the Bruins, and Jerome, oh, McGinley, and Jerome McGinley, who uh, had a great career with Calgary that we talked about last week. So uh, He was one of my all-time favorite players growing up. Really? Former RPI yeah. center, Adam Oates. Yep, Adam Oates, too. And, yeah, Aginla was different. He was so physical. And for the obvious reasons, like, he looked different than everyone, and I loved that. Like, I thought it was awesome that he wasn't your cookie-cutter NHL player that you saw all the time. I, I just – I loved his style of play. Um, yeah, he – he. I don't know why I when I was young – but yeah, I loved watching him play in Calgary. And I didn't see a lot of Calgary games, but I loved watching highlights yeah. of that. The thing with Aginla was not only was he exceptionally skilled, but he mm -hmm. was a tough, hard-nosed player. Yeah. Yes. Uh, yeah, I mean, you just – there's a few guys like that. Cam Neely was one as a Bruin mm -hmm. fan. Messier, another that, you know, you you go poke the bear, you go poke Jerome Aginla, you're going to get everything you can handle with him. Mm -hmm. He was a tough, tough player and just great, great hockey player. If you want to go to dinner in Calgary, a great cowboy-type city, as they call it, uh, make sure to have Mr. Ginla with you, because then you won't pay a cent. Yeah. <laughs> All right, folks. Hey, John Stone, John Stone Supply in Troy is ready to help you as the frigid winter sets in this month. It was a crisp 14 degrees out when I left the house this morning. Huh. Now it's more important than ever to make sure your furnace or boiler is ready to handle the extra workload on the way this winter. Plus, what happens if your unit breaks down? Make sure you tell your family, friends, and more to place the call to Johnstone Supply in Troy, 518-272-5922. The crew at Johnstone Supply will give you the advice you need to get out of that dilemma and figure out the best solution for you. If you already know you must make a change this winter, Johnstone Supply in Troy has new high-efficient Goodman Furnace and Naveen Boilers. So stop in at 6th Avenue to learn more. Call Johnstone Supply, 518-272-5922, and do us a favor. Hit two on the counter. Hit two for the counter guys and tell Tom, Kevin, James, or Rob, you heard it here on Eminem and M across the board from the Godzilla Media family. Hall of Fame. Right. Hall of Fame. Uh, we talked about this a few weeks ago, just getting into, we picked our own ballots, who would go in, who wouldn't. Um, and I distinctly remember thinking and talking about how, regardless of how we thought of him, we were pretty sure, at least I remember Eric and I, that David Ortiz would be a first ballot Hall of Famer. David Ortiz is a first ballot Hall of Famer. What surprised me a little bit was not the fact that Barry Bonds did not get in, was not the fact that Roger Clemens did not get in, was the fact that no one else got in with David Ortiz. And no one else was even really close. Right. They weren't. I, uh, my viewpoint on the Hall of Fame has changed 180 degrees in 18 hours. Yeah, I, 
Mine's if, changed a lot. I I feel like I'm I don't really know what to feel anymore. If you're a Hall of Fame voter and you checked the box for David Ortiz but didn't for Bonds, Sosa, Clemens, Rodriguez, Ramirez, and Sheffield, then shame on you. Okay, because now now it's subjective. Ortiz's name got leaked with that 2003 failed test. Whether it's fair or not, that got leaked doesn't matter. It got leaked. Okay. The other part I have with him is his. His numbers kept going up as his age went up. That's atypical. And Junior Griffey is my 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 model I use for that. His career went like this, and then it went down a little bit as he got older, which is the norm. So I have a problem. I don't have a problem with Ortiz getting in. If your mindset is that steroids and you're going to not deal with two of the criteria, integrity and character, if that's not an issue, that's okay. You're entitled to that. But you can't pick and choose. Okay, so one I saw a great quote last night on Twitter. So Ortiz got in, Bonds didn't. Is it because Ortiz was friendly toward the media and very likable, and Bonds was surly, and so was Clemens? Well, listen. No, Rice got in. It took Rice 15 years to get in because of Rice didn't have a steroid tag on him, and that's the difference. So the other thing is this. The media tag he did. He had the media tag for sure, but not the steroid tag. Here's the other problem I have. Bonds, Clemens. Never failed a drug test that's public. Ortiz did, but he goes in the Hall of Fame. If if it's not a criteria, David Ortiz never failed a drug test once drug testing was implemented in the MLB. That's a fact. But they did it in 03, and they were going to keep it quiet. He still failed the test. Again, whether it's fair that it got leaked, is whatever. It doesn't matter. He still failed it. It wasn't an MLB test. And what did he test positive for? You don't well, know. You know what? Nobody knows. But if he really wanted to come out and remove all doubt, come out and talk about it. This is what I think it was. This is what it came back. But this is what I took, a supplement that, that could have gotten confused and triggered a false positive. He said that. He it's, didn't that it's MLB that won't release what it was or how but, much of it it was. He could have done whatever he wanted to do to remove all doubt. Okay. And that's my point. I think to he's me, he's denied more than anyone else. Denied. But Barry Bonds has never admitted it. Unless no, you're a federal that. grand jury. There's another difference. I was going to say, there's also another difference. You, How much of my lifetime was spent watching Barry Bonds and Roger Clemens marched in, into a courtroom with Balco and all of the drama surrounding that? That's, David Ortiz's entire career was so different than the two of them. All right. I have to do this. Sorry. Go ahead. You're, you're an Ortiz guy. Right. Let's hear it. There's no stats. We've heard the stats, but... Take a look at the video of a young minor leaguer that blasted home runs in front of Griffey and A-Rod in 96, okay? He couldn't afford Skittles then, never mind PEDs. A-Rod even said, who is this? All right? Take a look at Barry Bonds, before and after. Okay? There's no debate if Bonds took steroids. No, I'm going to keep going here because maybe, there's, maybe the crab cakes at the Bay, I've had them. They could do a number and fill things up. Eric, so you're off go, base on that. You're off base on that. Let's go to Mr. Clemens. Yeah. <laughs> There are a lot of great steakhouses in the Big Apple. Maybe that's what got him to that size. So now that brings us to Ortiz. Here's David Ortiz as a twin, okay? 2003. You can see how tiny and little Davey was as a twin. That argument's insane. I'll tell you why. Why is that insane? It doesn't necessarily, stories doesn't necessarily have to increase bulk or your head size like it did Bonds. Okay. Yeah, but it did it, to all the, it did it to all the big names. Not yes, all of the big names. Not well, all of them. It didn't do it to Rafael Palmeiro. Okay? It didn't do it to all of them. It didn't do it so much to Pudge Rodriguez, who's in the Hall of Fame. I think he was a cheater, too. Same with Piazza. Pudge is short, but he's big. Well, Craig Biggio, he's been suspected for years. He doesn't look like a steroid guy, does he? Not this big muscle mass. 
yeah, commissioner's but he, office. Nobody's talking about Craig Vigio doing steroids nowadays. No. <laughs> commissioner's <laughs> office, office, previous one and today's, both of them were not fans of the commissioner. They stated the 03 tests were flawed and it was sealed because of that. But now there's reports that Bond's lawyer probably broke it. All right. So let's go to 2004, to the end of his career in Boston. As I actually said, he never failed any test. There were over six. He was never suspended. His numbers were great because he was a home run hitter, but he never never failed a test. So lumping him in with the criminals and the ever-growing girth of these other guys to me is a disgrace. And I'm going to take the votes of Costas, Verducci, Gammons. They're the ones that get the vote. They're the privilege yeah. and the members of the media. They voted him in. They didn't vote the others. They made yeah, you mentioned three or four guys. Yeah, Dan Shaughnessy covered Ortiz's whole career in Boston. He didn't vote for him. Why? Because he has a personal thing with him, just like people have personal things with the Bonds. Yes. Bonds never failed the test. Again, look, I, I think they should all be out, okay? And they should, none of them should be, and they cheated. They cheated the game. That's part of the penalty. Those two, Yes. Not those two. No, I think Ortiz is part of that. For me, he's lumped in, but they didn't ask me my opinion. Yeah. So today I get to give it. <clears throat> Listen, I I don't disagree. Uh, there are a lot of things that I feel. Uh, one argument that I didn't mind was last night watching MLB Network. There was people like, oh, the writers failed. The writers that. Listen, when it comes to Bonds and Clemens, 66 and 65% of those voters voted for them. That's a majority. A majority of writers would still put them into the Hall of Fame. But guess what? It's not enough. So it's it's not fair to say that, like, most people don't think. No, most people do. Most people who are educated, cover the game, care about the game of baseball, most people, 65% of people who vote in that Hall of Fame vote think Bonds and Clemens should be in. So yeah. I get it. They're not in because they didn't get 75%, but 65% think they should be in. So more think they should be in than shouldn't. I think at the end of the day, that's important to note. Like mm-hmm. not everyone thinks they shouldn't be in. They just didn't get in because they didn't hit the mark. It shows me I've never been a Bonds or Clemens supporter. I, again, I don't think any of them should go in, but I think if, if you got to be consistent, if you're a voter, again, if you're going to put in Ortiz, okay. If nothing else, the suspicion is there. Okay. So you just throw it out. But you can't just throw it out for one and not the not the rest. You got to be consistent, because then you just become hypocrisy in a, in a popularity contest. And I get it. Ortiz was loved in Boston. Did great things there. He 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 deserves it. Okay, but again, it's the other guys and the and the other the only valid argument I see for Bonds and Clemens outside of those here, they were Hall of Famers before they started taking. We've heard that. Yes, they were. And that's a fair point. I I still think they cheated and they don't get it for there. But really. It doesn't make it right, but I the story is that Bonds didn't really get into it until McGuire and Sosa took all the headlines. Bonds was the best player in the game, and he watched these two guys in 98 transcend the game. And Clemens started to fall down a little bit in Boston. I don't think he started just until he got to Toronto when everybody there was, uh, and he picked up the second half of his career from that. They're both probably Hall of Famers. That's the shame for them uh, that they chose to go down that path. Yeah. Chris has – this he always uses this analogy and i don't love it but i'm going to throw it out there because it's interesting you're up by 10 strokes in the masters and you cheat on the 18th hole you don't get the green jacket correct it's not the same i understand that and i i i think there are probably better analogies to be made um but for pete rose 
that's the analogy. Like he cheated and he will, he won't get in or never maybe someday down the road he will, but hasn't right. because he cheated despite his career. He, so I understand like, and that's not necessarily where my, my like hardships lie with this. I think some of it is a little bit more personality. Uh, I, 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 you know, we talked about a guy like Omar Vizquel and we talked about um, Kurt Schilling, those guys, like, I know they're bad people, but at the end of the day, at what point do you have to put all of that away? Do you have to put away the fact that Barry Bonds was a total jackass and was not nice to the media? The fact that Kurt Schilling is an idiot and told baseball writers to take him off the ballot. At what point do you have to say, I'm voting just on what this person did on the field? The steroids issue rises above that. Because it affects the game. The You're rest of right. it, though, who cares? Like, at, yeah. I've come to kind of the conclusion: like, who cares if they're a bad person? And not this is gonna not who cares if they beat their girlfriend. That's not what I'm saying. But it's at what point do you not consider any of that and still put those people in the Hall of Fame? Well, you're right, but also when they're doing the uh, announcement last night, they read the criteria, and two of the criteria yeah. are character and, and integrity. Yeah. Right. So if you want to take that out, fine. I mean, Ty Cobb was an avowed racist, and he's in it. Going back to our number 12, I took Aaron Rodgers and John Stockton out because they're anti-vaxxers. That's their opinion, but it's my list. Mm -hmm. So back to the Hall of Fame, that's that's just it. I just think you should be consistent. If you're going to vote for one, you should vote for them all, and that's okay, right? Yeah. You're, everyone's entitled to their opinion. That's okay. But I think it got subjective with, with the Ortiz compared to the other guys because he was more likable. I, I, I want it all just, subjective all the time. Yeah, it is. Yeah. It's people voting on people. Sure. A couple of things I want to say, because <laughs> I, I, I wake up this morning, I see them bashing the guy. OK. And I see the comments. So there's a few things people need to remember about this guy when it comes to character. OK. He created the David Ortiz's Children's Fund, which helps children in New England, the Dominican Republic that need critical pediatric services and special life-saving surgeries. They've raised two million They've saved over 500 lives in the Dominican and his adopted city, not only in Boston, but New England. OK, we were down on a vacation in the Dominican. We wanted one of these poppy T-shirts. They they hugged us. They love him there. They love Pedro because it's a very difficult place to try to succeed. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of things in the Dominican that that are against kids. And, and here are people that made it and they're very proud of them. And he goes back. He showed up unannounced outside of Boston to a place that sold ambulances and said, I would like to purchase an ambulance and ship it to the Dominican. I don't know if Bonds does that. I don't know if some of the others do that. So my point here is for the bashers of the guy and Roy's aside, OK, go to the city of Boston and remember what he did at the Boston Marathon. Go talk to the kids and the parents and the families at the hospitals. When I met him, I went up to him and I didn't say, oh, I love the Homer. I said, thank you for what you did for the city of Boston and the people of the Dominican Republic. And he said, I appreciate it. So when it comes to character and class, yeah. he's the guy. My wife and I will be there to support him at the Hall of Fame. Two quick things before we move on. Uh, Manny Ramirez, I want your thoughts on that. But also the Clemente Award, which Ortiz did win. I'm going to read this, is given annually to the Major League Baseball player who best exemplifies the game of baseball, sports, community involvement, and individuals' contributions to his team. Kurt Schilling won that award in 2001. Okay. So, Kurt Schilling I, wasn't a total idiot. I think Kurt Schilling's a jackass. Exactly. Exactly. He, and he I threw think out the induction. He cost himself the induction. 
Right. He probably did. He's got he those numbers. Did. Not, that's fine with me. It's a better place without him. It's just interesting that he is paying now for what he did. And, and I'm okay with that. Yeah, I think it's different. Listen, and we talked about this. There are people who felt like they had to do steroids to keep up with the Joneses. And maybe that was Barry Bonds feeling the pressure from Mark McGuire and Sammy Sosa. I get it. I understand it. I don't fault them. Um, but I think, and this is going to sound crazy, I think you can have cheated in the game of baseball and taken steroids and be a good person. Because at the end of the day, you are doing physical harm to your own self. I understand to survive in a league where it's hard to survive, but I don't think it makes you a bad person. Yeah. Uh, and I think one more that's thing. the difference between David Ortiz and some of the other people out there is I think he is a genuinely good person. There are a lot of people who would tell you that all the good that he's done, like you said, for Boston, for the Dominican Republic, he came from a very different place than a guy like Barry Bonds, than a guy like yeah. Kurt Schilling. Uh, he had it a lot different than those people. So yeah. I think that's the biggest thing is like you can, and there are others out there. You can be a steroid user and still be a good person. Sure you can. And I'll, I'll let Eric have the last word on it. He's got the Ortiz hat on. I think Ortiz, the other thing, again, it's just public opinion and it's my opinion, his yeah. career. He wasn't very good in Minnesota. He certainly wasn't an all-star or anything like that. His career took off when he got to Boston, also got paired up with Manny Ramirez, who has failed steroid tests and all that stuff. Um, I know Manny in the lineup protects him a little bit, but my opinion Based on no fact, just my opinion, the man who gave him a little bit of help uh, on the side. In the batting order, you're talking? On oh, the batting order, but also in the steroids uh, okay. world. Uh, one other name we're going to throw out before. The last thing I'll say of Ortiz is that we do need more athletes out there that do that stuff in the community. Yeah. So throwing everything else aside. Uh, I know it was a competitive time, but the bottom line is we need more people like that to light up a room that brings smiles to people. The name I want to throw out next year is an advanced congrats to Scott Rowland. I think you see all of these votes to these guys, the 60 percent, 70 percent, they're going to go somewhere and it's not going to be a ton of great names coming on next year. So I think it's safe to say Scott Rowland, tremendous career. St. Louis and Philly, you'll see him inducted next year and get yeah. the votes that he deserves that they Andrew have. Andrew Jones moved up too. Best defensive center fielder ever. 400 homers for Andrew Jones, best defensive center fielder ever. Yeah, I know. He only got 41%. I'm just surprised because they didn't vote for other people. Like, where did those votes go? And, and I get it. Like, with Clemens and Bonds taking up 65%, I understand some votes went to them. But with nobody else getting in, I'm just a little surprised that some of those lower-level guys weren't up a little more than they were. Yeah, I think the scrutiny will go down a little bit now that a lot of these guys have fallen off the ballot. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, It'll go back to a little more normalcy because it does get crazy. I'm trying to figure out who the two people were that voted for A.J. Pruszynski. Yeah, who knows? And that's the thing. It's like uh, we talked about how it's it can be a very flawed system. Humans are flawed. We all have different opinions. But – there are certain people who are just going to vote against either a team they don't like or a person they don't like because of that. And again, it's supposed to be, you're supposed to kind of try to be unbiased about it, but people are biased just inherently. So. All right. Whiteboards. Whiteboards. Who wants to go? Mine's not sports related. Okay. Okay. All right. We'll start this up. 
Don't oh, judge. Oh yeah, I forgot you doing this. By its cover. <coughs> Notice judge in caps. Yeah. Okay. Now fans love to dump all over a coach who was fired from their team. They judge the person solely on wins and losses. Like, uh, um, unless something bad occurred, then they will judge that on those issues. But sometimes there are good qualities inside the coach. Joe Judge. We've heard all the stuff on here and that there was hope that the Giants would make a move. And yes, they did. But he was gone. And yet TMZ, get a life, camps outside his home and makes comments. What? To rummage through his trash? Well, guess what? They saw a delivery of numerous pizzas and cases of beer. They then state that he must be having a grand old time celebrating his firing. No. He was doing that for his coaching staff and support staff. He didn't have to do that. It's not like he jumped in a plane out of town and didn't even stop by to see anybody or thank them and fly to his new job. Wink. The other example I want to bring up is this quote from a coach after the season ended addressing the media at a press conference. And my two colleagues here would love to hear that too. First of all, I appreciate you guys. I know it's been a challenging year on a number of levels to cover the team and deal with some of the restrictions and so forth. So appreciate you supporting, showing a lot of patience and cooperation on that. I have a lot of respect for the players and the coaches, the team, the support people. This group's worked hard. They gave their best. It didn't work out the way we wanted. But the effort was there and the cooperation and ability to adjust and professionally do things the right way is very much appreciated by me to you. Bill Belichick. Yes, him. That was him. He didn't have to say that, but that's how he opened it up. So it's it's nice to see some positive things. So and last piece, I've been part of support staffs. I've been ignored. I've gotten a ring. I think these two examples are important for support staffs as well as to the media. You appreciate them, respect their job, and give them sometimes the recognition they deserve. So don't always judge a book by its cover, even if it's upside down. I can't. I can't believe. I can't believe Bill Belichick said those words. All right. Who? Where do you buy? Does Amazon sell a parachute big enough for an organization? Because the Saints need one. They just lost the guru, one of the best coaches in the game. I think he's going to sit out a year, maybe do some TV, and he'll be back probably in Dallas next year. Jerry Jones will write a big check because he's signed through 2020. I would say under contract for three more years. Yeah, so someone's going to spring him loose. But, my God, it's a good time for Sean Payton. He had that unwanted year off during Bounty Gate. You know, that's, that scandal, I think that goes on in almost every locker room. They just got recorded, him and Greg Williams, or Greg Williams did. He took the fall, but Sean Payton – he put the Saints on the map. They were the sad sacks of the NFL for a long, long time. As Eric said before, him and Drew Brees helped that city come back. After Katrina, they won the Super Bowl. He's a genius, and it's a good time to get out because this quarterback is Jameis Winston. You're not going to win a lot of games with him, and that team is a mere $75 million over the projected cap next year. <laughs> yep. That's that's a big chunk of that. I mean, that yeah, that, that's McDowell money for one year's salary. <laughs> So uh, but the um, yeah, the Saints are going to have to go through a massive rebuild. They just don't have that. You can't work around that. Um, by the time you cut everybody that gets you down there, you got nothing left. So good time for him to get out. Somebody else can come in and, and try and reconstruct that roster. And, and I hope they can because it's a great, great football city. The NFL is better when the Saints are good. The crowd is energetic. They're into it. So uh, a great run for him, though. Um, 
down in New Orleans. Well-deserved time off. Yeah, no doubt. And their defense is loaded. I mean, I yeah. know, like you said, they don't have the money to add pieces, but if you get a healthy Jameis back, maybe you can do enough. I don't know. It's not a great situation, but their defense is loaded. You want to have fun in the Super Bowl city? That's I was going to say, you want to have fun any time of the go. day, week, month, year? Go to New Orleans. <clears throat> All right. Word to your mama. That's what I always think of, like, word. What is Wordle? I don't know. Where is Wordle? Freaking everywhere. <laughs> what did you say, Shawnee? I don't know what it is. I see it popping up. and I that's what, But that's what I mean. I so, listen, I don't play Wordle. I know about a thousand hundred million people who do because I keep seeing it pop up on my Twitter feed, these little green and yellow squares. The reason I want to talk about this is not because I have anything against Wordle. I hear it's kind of like hangman. You pick a five-letter word. They tell you where you're right, where you're wrong. You got to try and get it in six guesses, whatever. But then everyone, like, pushing their scores on me on Twitter, I'm like, okay, great. But I don't know what that means. Because if you don't play the game, you don't know what it means. You don't know what any of the squares mean, what the scores mean, anything. I'm just infinitely interested in trends and whether they're – like gaming trends or fashion trends or coaching trends. They interest me because like, why? Why does this become a thing? Well, because everyone is doing it. So then everyone hops on like the West Coast offense. It was a trend. And now Wordle is a trend. And bell bottoms were a trend. And half the time they come back and then they'll go away for a long time and then they'll come back. I have not played Wordle. I'm not sure that I will get involved in Wordle. God bless all of you who do. I hope you have a great old time and enjoy the word games. I play like Candy Crush, though, so I guess it's not that much different, except I guess Candy Crush, you're not really using your brain as much as Wordle. At least you're educating yourself. Uh, but yeah, I just want to talk about Wordle because I think it's interesting. And I think trends tend to like apply to all worlds of life, all, all facets of life. So that's all I want to talk about. Okay, very good. Wordle. Bur bird wordle. is the wordle. What's the wordle? You you weren't invented when bell bottoms were being worn by Sean and I, were you? Uh, no. no, I don't. I don't do denim. So but I was a, I was a like a not exactly a bell bottom wearer in junior high school, but I still wear a good flare bottom. Like even now, I, I know straight leg jeans are a big thing. I wear both. I have probably like three pairs of straight leg or like skinny jeans. And three pairs of like bell bottom ish flare jeans. And someone said that to me the other day. You still wear like a flare bottom? I'm like, yeah, that's like my childhood. I'm not giving that up. There you go. <laughs> well, thanks for joining us, everyone. Apple, YouTube, Spotify next week will be on. I don't know when, but we'll be on next week. We'll have a Super Bowl matchup to talk about, which will be rather exciting. And we would be. So lucky to get games that are half as good as what we had last weekend in the NFL. Awesome stuff. See you then. Thanks to Joe for joining us. Follow him on Twitter at Joe Maniello, Joe underscore M-A-N-N-I-E-L-L-O. And we'll share, we'll definitely share some of his brackets. I'll share them on my social media, but we'll share them on uh, across the board as well. All right. Hey, real Thank quick. Uh, yeah. For those that don't know, I debuted a, a solo podcast the other day, yeah. uh, Pugsley's Pit. Uh, got off to a good start. Just want to give everybody a little preview. A scheduled guest uh, on the pit next week is Kenny King Jr. His dad played uh, for the Raiders in the 80s. 
and uh, uh, Kenny's got a great social media following. So I'm looking forward to having him cool. as our guest. Awesome. A spinoff, huh, Ashley? A spinoff. 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 Pugsley's Pit. Hopefully it's a trend. It's, uh, hopefully it's uh, as successful as Frazier was when he split off from Cheers. Oh, yeah. That's or a good mod. one. <laughs> or mod. All right. Take care. See you guys next week.